Well, welcome to Guerrilla Discipleship. I'm your host, Kevin Baker, and uh, and welcome to 2022. We have made it to another year. I sure hope that uh, that this is, uh, I, first of all, I hope that you had a great Christmas. I hope that your holidays were uh, not marred by all of the virus uptick and that you were able to get together with family, that you experienced uh, not only the joy of Christmas, but just a reminder of how much God loves us. And uh, as we enter into this new year, as we are celebrating uh, a fresh start, um, man, I'm just glad that you're with us. Thank you for being a part of Guerrilla Discipleship. Thank you for being a part of what it means to be thinking seriously about making disciples um, in our communities, in our families, in our friendships, uh, just to be obedient to God for the, the coming year. And... Um, you know, I wanted to talk about all of us make resolutions, or many of us make resolutions, and I just thought it would be good to talk about a few disciple-making resolutions. I was talking to my youngest daughter the other day about life changes, and um, my youngest daughter, Abigail, is uh, is 19. We were just talking about um, how do you make lifestyle changes, and she was talking about some things that she wanted to change in her life, but she didn't know how to get started, and and she was saying, you know, it, it's hard to just think about. It feels overwhelming, right? To make any lifestyle change sometimes, especially if you think it's going to be a long time getting there. Maybe it's going to be one of those things like a fitness goal, right? We, we all have those at, at the, the beginning of a new year often. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise more. And you think, uh, man, can I do this for 365 days? And so we get discouraged and uh, I was, we were just talking, she and I were just talking about taking it one day at a time. Well, I can't say for sure I'm going to make it 365 days. I can't make sure that I, I can't ensure that I'm going to do it for 30 days. But I can say whether I'm not going to, whether or not I'm going to do it today. And uh, so I, I encourage you as we think about disciple making resolutions for this new year. And I, I want to encourage you uh, not just to make resolutions about how you can uh, change some things about your life, but to really say, God, I want to become more and more effective at being a disciple maker, which is what God's commanded us to do. It's what he, he wants us to do. He wants to partner with us for that. So let me encourage you to think about five things. And I want to encourage you to just think about increasing these. Now, obviously, if you're not doing any of the things that uh, any part of the what I'm going to mention, then increasing is starting. And that's okay. Start small, start in, start in a way or increase in a way that you don't overwhelm yourself. You know, let's not, some of us are, are way down the road. Like I'm going to go from, you know, five minutes of prayer to an hour of prayer. Okay, well, uh, let's, let's get there in, in, a, in an effective way. So let me give you these five, what I would call disciple-making resolutions for 2022. First of all, I would say increasing prayer. I, I do want to start with prayer. Now, um, so some of that can be just to make sure that you're praying every day, that you have some time, and I would encourage you as much as possible to set aside time in the morning to begin your, uh, your day with prayer. And if you are five minutes, if you're, if you're inconsistent, then just, just set aside something and say, I am going to increase my prayer. I'm going to pray more in 2022. I, um, I can tell you that I think those of us who struggle with anxiety, the more we pray, the less anxiety we have. In fact, prayer is the answer that God gives or the, 
the uh, direction that God gives as we deal with anxiety. In, in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, in all things we are to pray and, and to do so when we're anxious and to let God, to turn things over to God. And so if you are, are dealing with a lot of anxiety, then your prayer life needs to really increase and watch what happens to your anxiety level. It's gonna maybe take some work to get to the place where you are by prayer putting your anxiety on the shoulders of God where, they, where it really belongs so that you can know that God has you. But I, I wanna, you know, here's what I would say. If we would have as a goal, maybe an hour of prayer a day. Now, again, don't overwhelm yourself. If you're praying five minutes in the morning or two minutes in the morning and I'm, I'm telling you to pray for an hour, well, well, okay, don't, don't get overwhelmed. In fact, what, one of the things we're gonna do here at Oakdale Church is we're gonna give folks a prayer calendar. And in that prayer calendar, what we're asking is just make a list of 30 names of people that you know, people who are walking with God, people who are far from God, people who you're not even sure where they are with God. There would be family and friends and neighbors and coworkers. Just 30, just start kind of um, uh, brainstorming 30 names. Just write them down and then order them however you want. But day one is one name. Day two is another name. So in other words, we're, we're creating a prayer calendar where every day of the month you're praying for someone. And so that right there, it doesn't matter how long you pray for that person. It might start out being a two-minute prayer. And what we're going to encourage people to do is to text this person on the day that you're praying. So if, if January 1st is your spouse, for instance, and say, you know, hey, just text your spouse or say to your spouse, but text your spouse, hey, today's my day, the day of the month when I pray for you. How can I pray for you today? That will give, man, just think about what you've already done by just doing something like that, that every day you would take a few minutes and you would text up one person and you would ask them how you could pray for them and then you would just quickly pray for them. That might be the increase that you're looking for. If you're praying 15 minutes or so a day now, if you've got some devotional time and you spend, then, then why not say, I can double this to 30. However, increase your prayer time because you're gonna see the benefits of that. There, you, you, it may take a month or two, but you're gonna see how God is gonna multiply life into you and through you to others as you increase your prayer time. There's resolution number one. Now, resolution number two is what I, you know, we talk about uh, being more consistent in our, our quiet time or, in con, or consistent in our Bible reading. I'm gonna encourage you to do this. Learn a new Bible story. In fact, again, for the year, you might say, I'm going to learn 10 Bible stories. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we all know Bible stories, right? You know Jonah and the whale. You know uh, Noah and, and the ark. But think about, and, and I would say really especially if you can learn some Jesus Bible stories, stories that, that are, are encapsulated uh, about Jesus that you could almost memorize. Now, you don't have to get them word for word, but that, you know, a story about, for instance, Jesus and the woman at the well. It's a well-known story, right? Jesus and his disciples were walking along. They were tired. The disciples went into town to get uh, some, some supplies. Jesus was alone. He sat down at a well. There was a woman there. It was about noon, right? Those are the kinds of things. And we know that that encounter with this woman at the well is a rich story. The story of the prodigal son, 
you know, a story of a man who had two sons. One wanted his part of the inheritance. He went off and he spent it all. The other one stayed at home. Those are the stories. So get maybe as your goal, 10 stories that you would be able to repeat within one or two minutes. And here's why I want you to think about getting these 10 stories. First of all, it's good to hide God's word in our heart because there'll be situations that can uh, where we can bring that story back and remind ourselves. Maybe Jesus walking on the water, where uh, not walking on the water, but uh, calming the wind and the waves where the disciples were in the midst of a storm, experienced fishermen, and they were worried about their lives. And they go down and Jesus is sleeping on the boat. And they say to him, uh, Jesus, don't you care about us? And Jesus comes up and, and uh, calms the wind and the waves. There's the story of the paralytic that the four friends carried this paralyzed man to see Jesus so that he could heal him. But the crowds were so big, they had to actually take him up on the roof and lower him down. And Jesus says, because of the faith of his friends, he healed the man. These are stories that will become useful for us as we're having spiritual conversations with other people and or, or just interacting with people. And they may say, you know, I just feel so discouraged and, and uh, the storms in my life are just, I got so much that I'm battling. And you might just ask, hey, could I share a story with you about another time when Jesus or when some folks uh, were facing battles that were too big for them and you share the story. So begin to just study stories, just get some Bible stories under your belt. Maybe uh, start with one that you would be able to, in fact, you could have fun with this and just say to your spouse or your kids or your friends or family, hey, could I just tell you this story from the, the Bible? I'm trying to learn it. I wanna see if I can get it right. But the more you have one or 10 or so stories in your, in your heart and various kinds of stories, stories about healing, stories about God's power, stories about God's gentleness, whatever they are, they, they will help us relate people into uh, out of their own experiences into a story in the scripture that might create a hunger for them to become interested in more discovery about what God's word says. So you're gonna increase your knowledge of Bible stories and your ability to recite Bible stories. And number three, I would say increase the number of spiritual conversations you have. And, and maybe that's just intentional, uh, that you're gonna be more intentional, that every, you know, set a goal for yourself. I'm gonna have at least one spiritual conversation a day, or I'm gonna attempt to have one spiritual conversation every day. Or maybe you start with one every week. Uh, maybe you say, you know, I'm going to increase the number of, of times that I try to have a spiritual conversation at work. Um, it doesn't matter how you go about this, but spiritual conversations are, uh, they allow us as, as we become obvious about who we are, that we're spiritual people. And we try not to be obnoxious about that, but we just allow people to see that we're people of faith, that that invites them to be willing to share their stories of faith with us as well. You can't have conversations about the Lord. God, God's going to have our time using us until we, we uh, be, are open to him using us by creating spiritual conversations. I didn't say that really well, but I think you get what I mean, that, that these are avenues, and if I don't intentionally create the avenue, then, then how will I have the opportunity to be used by God? And so let's just increase that, however you want to go about it. And then uh, I think number four, I would say, um, let's work on increasing community. Now, here's what I mean by community. I mean community with, that, that we would stop doing our faith alone. 
So many of us, even though we're going to church, even though we might even be in a small group, we're really not doing our faith life with another person. And, and that means that we're, you know, there's all kinds of ways to, to stop doing your faith life alone. That might mean something like this. Hey, I'm going to invite somebody else in my small group or somebody else in my friend group to study God's, to, to um, read God's word with me. And, and all of that may be just something like this, that, that you have a Bible app on your phone and you friend request someone that you've already agreed with that they'll read the Bible together and you sort of hold each other accountable it will tell you what you're reading. It'll tell the other person what you're reading. And it'll tell you whether you missed a day or not. And not to judge each other, but just to say, hey, I just want to do this with someone. And maybe you can even say at the end of the week, let's uh, let's just touch base over the phone and see, or text or whatever, and say, what are you getting out of God's word today? Be amazed at what will happen as you begin to invite other people into your faith journey. Another way to, to increase your community and, and not to do your faith alone uh, is to just begin to be intentional about uh, sharing what you're struggling with. Um, you know, like, man, I'm really struggling having a quiet time. How do you do yours? Uh, how do you keep consistent? And so you'll find that there are other people going, oh, man, I struggle with that, too. I would love to know what your tips are so that now your real life, your real faith life is being shared with someone else. You're not just getting in a room uh, in a Bible study where you've got a text and everybody's pretending that they've been reading the Bible. That, that's not really what I mean by community. Community is, uh, you know who I am, what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. I'm beginning to get honest with you. Find people, find someone in your small group, in your church, start something with someone else. Another way to invite, even this doesn't even have to be done with believers. This could be done with non-believers. If you, if you find one that would be a, a person that's open to discovering God's word, say, look, I'm going to start reading God's word. And, you know, would you be interested in that? And they might say yes. And so you begin to, to, to talk about God's word together and you get honest with where you are. Get honest with your struggles. Get honest with your questions and your doubts. They might be refreshed that someone who is a follower of Jesus doesn't have it all figured out. It might invite them even to be willing to say, I'm going to take a step with Jesus because I thought I had to have it all figured out or I thought I had to kind of buy the whole bill of goods before I could even start walking with him. Uh, I, I, you're going to find that there are so many other folks who want, and we all need this. This is not something that uh, faith is not meant, the faith life is not meant to be done alone. And so let's, uh, let's do this together in a new way. So let's increase our community. Let's increase our, our living and faith life together. And then finally, this one's going to perhaps maybe shock you a bit. I want to encourage you to increase your failure rate. Now, here's what I mean by that. We are so often focused on achievement and progress and success. And some of us even get caught up on the ideas of perfection. I want to do this and I want to do this perfectly. But nothing that you're trying for the first time, no one sets out to do a new task, a new uh, lifestyle, a new hobby, a new sport, and doesn't fail at it. So by committing to increasing our failures, what we're doing is we're increasing our growth. We're actually giving ourselves permission to fail 
And the more I fail at something, the more I'm actually trying, the more that I'm, I, I'm actually growing. And that's what leads to the failing because it's like, oh, I tried this and it didn't work. Okay, well, I'm going to try something else. And you may find, like uh, Edison and a lot of other inventors, you may find lots of failings before you find the right thing. A lot of times what we do is we so want to minimize failure that when we try something like I'm going to read the Bible more this year and we fail at it for a week, we realized, oh my gosh, a week went by and I didn't have God's word, uh, didn't read God's word at all this week, that we then become discouraged and we don't want more failure in our, in our life. And so we just turn away from it and, and focus on something else. I'm saying increase your failures. And, and that can be any of this. As you increase your prayer life, there will be, or struggle to do that. As you work to increase prayer, any of these resolutions, uh, you're going to find that you're going to fail at it, that you've been consistent, then you're inconsistent, that you thought you could go to half an hour, but you really only made it to 20 minutes or whatever. Same with Bible stories, the same with community, uh, it, it, same with spiritual conversations. So what I would say is just commit in 2022 I'm going to fail more in my spiritual growth than I ever have before. The idea here is to fail forward. The idea here is to disarm failure in our lives, to not allow failures in the spiritual realm to shame us or to condemn us, that we would go, oh, and, and to get rid of the shoulds. In fact, let's replace them with the wants. I want to try this. I want to see if I can get better at this. I want to see how this works if I try to do this this way. So there's a lot that we're going to try if we're going to follow Jesus. And look at the life of the disciples with Jesus. They failed all the time. They failed to understand Jesus, to follow through with Jesus, to, to grasp what he was saying. It was just failure after failure. And he never, Jesus never condemned them. He just kept helping them to fail forward. So those are five disciple-making resolutions. You may come up with five more or five different ones. But I'm so grateful that you are committed to continuing to become the disciple maker that God created you to be, because we're going to change the world. We're going to bless the world. We're going to honor God in our obedience. Lives are going to be transformed. I'm telling you, lives are going to be saved by the commitment that we make. And I don't mean just saved for eternity. I mean saved out of hopelessness and despair, addiction, so I just want to thank you in the beginning of this year for your commitment to being a disciple maker who shows others how to follow Jesus, who makes Jesus accessible to the world of your friends and family. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in again to Guerrilla Discipleship. I look forward to a great year together. Bless you.